Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. It is I, Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, bringing it to you with the Beckons of the Herald of Steel campaign, the adventure, the elders, with a quest, the value of life. Um, in the last episode of the show, the party had met with the queen after having dealing with the strange bladelings as well as a duergar, hearing strange mentions that they had breached the dwarven halls. Um, and it seems that war parties have kind of made their way all over the uh, kingdom at least what you guys have heard. Um, and beyond that, the party had managed to convince the queen to fork over some of her money in order to purchase a diamond to revive our friend Antonia. Um, at this point, the party are told that they're going to be hopping on a carriage and going for a sweet little horsey ride down to uh, down to Glorywake to go meet with the high priest. So I guess we begin with the party. If you guys wanted to try to gather provisions or what have you, yeah, um, I need food. <laughs> the story of Anton's life. Are they, are they giving <laughs> us a uh, board? Yeah, they'll be able to provide you guys food for the trip there. So they'll have 10 rations for everybody available. Sweet. I think um, Klika would like to borrow Anton's fancy pen ring. Uh, and write the queen a letter, like, detailing what happened to her while she was in Dustwind, uh, and, like, talking about how she was told, like, her full name and all that stuff, and ask if uh, the queen knows anything about this person who supposedly leads Dustwind. So were you saying that you wrote that note and gave it to her, like, at nighttime in hopes that she would stop you before you guys left? Or you're saying you wrote no, like just so, like, no, just like, hey, if you know anything about this and can get me some more information when you have time, that would be great. Just sort of, it's mostly, it's like a letter that she's just writing detailing her experience in Dustwind and what she found out. Okay, so you can give it to one of the couriers uh, that dropped off the lockbox with the diamond and yep. we'll go rush it off to her. Um, okay, and so with that, um, apart from that, did the party have anything they wanted to buy or sell while in the city? Yeah, I've got a bunch of um, like art pieces to sell. There are four of them all worth 25 gold pieces. In total or each one? Yeah, each one. Okay. So 100 gold pieces in total. Okay. Did you want to roll me a charisma check of your choosing for sure. selling this? Uh, persuasion. 
I was hoping to be with an 11. Hmm. Okay. And so that the guy offers you a solid 75, but after having recognized you, offers you 80 instead. That's perfectly acceptable. See, guys, dividends. It's paying off. Destroying an evil death cult of assassins. <laughs> Five bonus gold. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm sure that the fancy, like, hook hammer is by itself worth, like, a small estate, so. It sure is. You could probably trade it for that fancy schmancy diamond, but. <laughs> no. Um, and Norhill would also like to visit, like, a smith or a quartermaster or something to do you know, full in- inspection of and any repairs on his gear. Okay. Did anybody else have anything they wanted to do in town like that or in the city like that? Uh, yeah, Drazak wants to make some sales and stuff. I, I have a hundred gold worth of rings and jewelry and some chain mail. Okay. You can go ahead and roll the, uh, go ahead and roll the uh, charisma check as well, choosing whichever one you'd like to. And Tim, deception. Persuasion. <laughs> I mean, again, you pick whichever one you want. Uh, twenty-four. Okay. Persuasion. So. And so after telling the guy, like, do you know who I am? Guy offers you full price and then some, and he gives you a solid hundred and fifty gold pieces for it all. Okay, that includes the chainmail too. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything else anybody wanted to sell or deal with in town? I'm just confirming we never I never got my horse back. <laughs> we went the opposite direction. Right, I yeah, never got it back. Somewhere, I'm sure. No. Okay. I'm 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 absolutely sure to sk- they escaped that hungry, angry white dragon. Alright. I my main concern is just like safely transporting the jewel. Yeah, there's a carriage we- going to take you guys there. Oh. Is it marked with like the stuff of the Queen? kingdom? Yep. Yeah. Can we get one that's not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys can make the request. Hey, what does the Queen's coat of arms look like? For this kingdom, yeah. for Eagle Heart, it is an eagle full spread doing like that head sideways thingy over the uh, gold and red. Okay. And it's just split, split um, what's called vertically between the two of them. With the <laughs> eagle on there. So, I think Clico uh, will probably pick up just resupply on um, spices, various cooking stuff. Um, probably look for a place to get like a good uh, cleaning service for, or not cleaning service, but like good cleaning supplies for like clothes and bedrolls and all that stuff. So. We can make sure those get properly washed at some point. Okay. Um, for five gold pieces, I'll give you all that stuff, including like a bucket, a couple of hand brushes, bars of soap, dry soap, and whatnot. Perfect. And can Norfolk pick up a set of brewer supplies? Yeah, sure. Um, I imagine you'd probably be able to find a brewer somewhere in the kingdom pretty easily. Um, and uh, can you roll me a certain charismatic check if you'd like to throw that around or would you be willing to pay the price they ask? Uh, you buy cheap, you get cheap. Norhill will uh, pay the asking price. Okie dokie. Um, and so with that, the uh, gentleman at the supply store for the brewery, he's going to ask you to pay a solid price of 
of whatever this book is worth, man. I'm about to throw it out the fucking window. Uh, 25 <laughs> gold pieces. Oh, I just thought of something that would be nice. Um, can Klika get a fine suit of clothes for everybody in the party? Sure. I'm going to go visit the uh, the tailor. Yeah. Okay. And so um, um, I would say that getting fine clothing for everybody, is, for the entire party, um, when you go to the tailor and they see who you are, and they recognize you being, you know, who you are and having heard the dimensions of everybody and descriptions of everybody's stature. The person who works at the actual, you know, clothery or whatever you want to call it, um, they are more than willing to outfit you guys. Um, their one thing that they will say is that they're going to be trying to get you clothing that does embody the kingdom's colors to some extent. But apart from that, it's all very fine robes and clothing with multiple layers covered with like gold tasselings and whatnot, little danglies and fancy buttons. Um, but the total asking price that they're going to ask you to pay is 20 gold pieces, which for what it's worth is like highway robbery on your end, not on theirs. Yeah, Clicker will uh, pay 25. And so with that, they're more than gracious. So everybody has a set of fine clothing to wear if the need arises. And so with that, was there anything else you guys wanted to do while in the city? No? Okay. And so with that, the party fully geared up, ready to go. You guys hop into your unmarked carriage with the uh, individual driver and all the horses in the front. And in an all too familiar sense, as the party leaves one place that they have brought some sense of safety and salvation to, they head on the journey to a place that desperately needs their help in some way. And so the party sitting in the back of a carriage that for some reason has a bunch of ink all over the place. I don't know really who messed up this carriage the first time, but it, <laughs> it says Jarvac was here on the wall, I believe. H-E-A. It's an infernal. None of them can read it. <laughs> hey, guys, this is, this is our carriage. I think we own it. Use it twice. It's yours, right? <laughs> God damn it. Uh, and so with that, um, the party travel for what appears to be a solid day, but at about nightfall, I'm going to need another perception check as you guys are riding your carriage comfortably into the Forest of the Wandering Swordsman. Ooh, a 17. That's like Jarzak's first good perception check. <laughs> you know, cleaning out his ears did wonders. Uh, uh, eight, but I'm still going to leave some stuff behind for my wandering <laughs> my friend. As you guys are riding by, just dumping it like McDonald's fries on the ground. <laughs> leave a toy. Um, all right, what else did we get? 14, 14 and 12. Okay, so uh, everybody who got above the 10, so basically just not Anton, you guys can hear in the distance the howling, roaring sound uh, coming from the mountains to the east, the sounds of the dragon from before uh, hooting in the distance and kind of carrying on the wind. Um, it's hard to tell how far away it is, but it's very far. But the fact that the roar kind of travels this far shows that it's definitely on you guys' side of the mountain and it's within a day's journey away from the city itself. And so with that, our party comes to a rest for the evening as the carriage pulls over and the driver stokes a large fire. 
Should we warn the Queen of the Dragon? Ah, I'm sure she's fine. The dragon was in the report. <laughs> you can't just say that. <laughs> he said he gave a full report. Yeah, but you can't just say that. <laughs> well, I didn't do anything about it anyway. Um, but can I get some improv descriptions for what you guys are going to be doing for the next seven or so days on your trip to Glory Wake, traveling through Glint and Gabora on the way? Come on, folks. What do we got? I'm going to call him one of you. I'm going to make you do it. I think Clica's... Go gonna, for it. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Clica. I think Clica's going to give everybody the uh, clothes she bought for all of them and just say, um, well, it. the queen talked about getting us knighted, and I know we're not going to have like a big ceremony or anything, but I thought it would be be nice if we had some good clothes to wear for it, especially you, Jarzak. Cleeks, uh, these haven't been rolled out in the mud properly yet. And they never will be. No, I will take Bye. care of them. <laughs> Thanks Jarzak. for letting me hold on to my own clothes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Immediately, Jarzak rips the shoulders off the thing, rips <laughs> off the sleeves, and it's just a sleeveless, nice guy. I'm just like, oh, yeah! <laughs> With his real scrawny muscles. Yeah. More of that lean muscle. <laughs> you know, I like to think Jarzak just doesn't want to actually push forward the strength that no, he's 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 a little rail. He's gonna look like a grandpa from Hey Arnold. He's like shark man, just walking around with little spindly <laughs> arms. <laughs> but okay. Um beyond that, after giving his wonderful I mean her wonderful little gifts, uh what was everybody else gonna do for the improv travels? Uh, Norhill is going to spend uh, more time than usual in like, yeah, like travel training mode. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. You know, he wakes up, ten push-ups immediately first thing. Um, mm-hmm. So he does he does a lot more of that more weapon drills uh, sure. than even than usual. The various trees of the forest learn to reckon the sound of Norhill as he goes through his axe swinging routines of high, high, low, 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 high, high, kick. Shield, body blow, body blow. Um, okay. He just falls down. <laughs> Oops. Um, but at about the fourth day of traveling, as you guys are venturing through the fields and passing Glint, um, you guys are caught in the middle of an, like a huge snowstorm. And it's enough that it not only hampers the speed of movement by half, but you guys actually have to call it and just stop your travels by about 10 a.m. and just kind of sit there for the day and hope that the snow is not too bad. So the whole day is pretty much wasted from the travels and you guys are snowed in with like two feet of snow. So what would you guys like to do for this part of the impromptu trip? I mean, the improv travel. Anton? Anton's going to want to ask Norhill about his home. Just get where he knows it could, it's most likely a painful topic, but he's like, if we, once this is all done and we make it turned and toward direction of the mountain, he wants to understand, like, what was it like there? Was there ever anything like this? Like, just to get a better understanding. I mean, historically, the Duergar were enemies of the dwarves, but it's one of those things where it's like, it's been such a long standing thing that, like, it ebbs and flows with conflicts in the Undermountains, but 
it's never such a big deal that something like this could ever occur. Like this is a freak incident beyond description. This is yeah, and, one so, of my- and sort of because of that, Norhill sort of like very noticeably doesn't talk about that. He talks about yeah, he talks in a very sort of bitterly nostalgic manner. Yeah. Um, just about how we don't live so differently uh, from your uh, than your folk do. Um, then you know he talks about you know today you know annual traditions, holidays, sour pickle Tuesdays. Um, <laughs> Aw, he remembered. Um, as well as the, uh, I think they're hot, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that part, but I feel like that sounds disgusting enough that it has to be true. But beyond that, um, Norhill, you can also recount the fact that the halls of silver and steel are also like weirdly competitive with one another. And you were from silver, right? Or were you from steel? I can't remember. Silver. Okay, so there's sort of like a Red Sox-Yankees kind of thing there where they're like bitter enough that certain people won't do business with each other across the mountains because of it. But it's never so like aggressive that they're going to do anything about it. But it's just one of those things where like, what, have you seen their prices on that side of the mountains? Like, man, fuck that shit. Have you seen those people? Do you see the way they eat meat? Bunch of savages on that side of the mountain. Even like that layer of things, he sort of adds like a fond nostalgia layer to it you know like it was fun. yeah they all love it. it again it's like red Sox versus yankees where it's like when your team wins hell yeah you're gonna talk about it in golden terms and be like yeah there was the games in the valley every year where it was just like traditional dwarvish games like shot put and you know wrestling and i mean basically the games norhill plays whenever he tries to have celebration with townies but it's just massive dwarvish convention-sized festival of it so you know, it's a life of hard work and labor, but when you kick back, it's all meat and beer and wrestling. So it's like, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. hard living, but it's one that's well-earned comforts when they come around. It's life for the dwarves, I suppose. Um, okay. And then does Jarzak have an improv that he wants to do? Uh, one of the nights with their like kind of locked in with the snow, Jarzak's kind of kind of on his watch, wander off a little, and uh, he's gonna cast like a bubble of darkness on himself and just etch into the snow some of the like uh, demonic symbols that he's co- seen come to him. Like, just you know, sees uh, Anton praying and stuff all the time, and he's like, yeah, maybe I could try that. <laughs> leaves a ration for some bugs (laughs) (laughs) it's hard out here for a bug but as you're out there in the darkness and you're writing in your runes and sort of trying to convene and connect with the deceiver you hear the voice in the back of your head come back and itch at you as you go leaving rations on the ground and you hear it call out to you and it says why do you kneel before me as a worm have you no strength no confidence to stand do you fear me, Jarzak? Everyone should fear you. And so with that, you feel like a weird twinge as if like some ghostly hand that was about to wring your neck kind of like slowly pulls away. And it says, <laughs> a good boy. It says, you have much to learn and to be feared, you must conquer. You will be strong, but there will be things I need you to do. Most unsavory. I'll do whatever it takes. I know. 
or you will die. And with that, the darkness drops, and he just walks back to camp, just whistling. Oh, walking, boy. <laughs> walking backwards, his head spinning as he whistles. <laughs> hey, that was uh, great. <laughs> I don't know why Anton does that praying thing. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the Illuminator just coming to Anton like, listen, you little bitch. <laughs> Lift your lantern up. Be really annoying and tell people how great it is to worship the light. And Here's a riddle. Like, what's in my pocket? <laughs> Knife to your throat. What's in my pocket? <laughs> I love also thinking that that's Anton's god, too. It's just the same voice with like a mustache. And it's just like, <laughs> I am the light. Go kill something. <laughs> but like shine a light on it when you do um, okay and so with that the party travels after that snowstorm getting to glory wake about two days late because of the snow and the complications thereof but um, you guys make it to glory wake in one piece and you guys can tell from looking around here that it looks like some troubles may have come glory wake way as you look around and see some buildings have been I guess what I could say is reduced to rubble on the outside, the outskirts beyond the city's walls. And you guys can see that cottages and small little hamlets out here have been kind of reduced to rubble on the ground. And from what you guys can see in the uh, snow drifts that have been kind of like, I guess, pushed away, you guys can see smoldering heaps of orcish bodies, um, probably nothing more than five or 10 of them at a time. Um, but it does look like these places were at one point attacked and as you guys pull into the city by about midday, you can tell that even within the city, there are some markings that conflicts have happened here. As you can see, like, you know, some messes on the walls of some of these buildings, as well as what look like makeshift barricades have been lifted and put down. Um, and as you guys enter the city, you can see that there's pretty much three times as many guards on duty, but they seem to be wearing like the royal garb as if the queen like herself had sent an armament of troops out here at some point and they seem to be just kind of standing on watch but once you guys enter this area here and you guys are in the carriage they stop the carriage driver for a moment and they ask what your business is here and so with that he says that it's just a shipment of goods being sold to a couple of pot and pan dealers out here in the city um and they pretty much skirt you guys to get in and once you guys make it deep within the city of Glorywig, you're pretty much let go from the uh, carriage. And he, the uh, carriage driver tells you that he's going to pretty much fasten it up to one of the taverns closest to the, to the uh, church and pretty much hang out there until you guys are ready to go back. And so with that, um, what would you guys like to do? What time Anton is it when we arrive? It's about midday. And what's Anton doing? Oh, he just feels sick to his stomach seeing this. This is like the worst thing he didn't want to see. Granted, it's not as bad as it could have been, but he's just like not feeling okay about any of this. Mm -hmm. you, can tell, you can tell that there's like anxiety on the common person's face as if they're going about their business almost in a way that like people hurry back into buildings when they can as if like it's not likely that something terrible is going to happen, but it's not something outside of their mind. You know what I mean? Like, like they're just one, I don't know, oops-a-daisies away from a giant hurling a boulder through their wall or something. You know what I mean? And so 
What would you like to do now? He's just more like seeing the guard there. Like, honestly, he's just upset because he's like, we're sent here on an errand just for the queen to find information. It's like, it, like he would have appreciated to know his town was attacked. <laughs> oh, snap. Like, he's a bit like... He, he, he doesn't really, he's kind of questioning on how to feel about his queen, to be perfectly honest. She, he does not really sure where her allegiances lie. And he's not feeling okay about doing this task for her just to leave. Like, it's like to waste these resources on information of something that she doesn't know and to see his hometown get wrecked and like Aunt Norhill's hometown get wrecked and to be like, where are the values? Where are the priorities on this queen's mind? So clearly they're not in the people. Drag her. Take her down. <laughs> Woo-hoo! He's, he's not feeling good. He's he's like, uh, he's struggling a little. Anton's about to hold a roast. <laughs> Very good. Okay. So with angst in mind and Anton sick to his stomach over what happened here, I mean, do you tell this to the rest of the party or is this just you step out of the carriage and you're like, my belly hurts. <laughs> Somebody's like, hey, the rat looks up and he's like, I'm trying to eat you. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I don't know if it'd be appropriate for him to say it, but I think I mean, he's... if Anton would say it, then by all means, express this. I mean, they're all in the Queen's Court, too. You guys are about to be knighted when you go back. Yeah, I think I, I think he might refuse Damn. to be knighted. If this, is the kind of, if this is the kind of kingdom she wants to run and that only these certain ends that don't seem to have a means need to get fulfilled when it's like you want to be cherished by your kingdom and this is happening i don't think the priorities are in the right place she's worried about a portal that she has no idea about and the fucking dwarves have been getting wrecked since the beginning of this adventure (laughs) like there's a problem here something she's playing with power because she doesn't really know what she wants to do with it like what was the point of the Hydra at this point? Just to see what it could do. I mean, for what it's worth, she did explain <laughs> that she wanted to kind of flex on the bad guys and be like, don't fuck with me. She's, she's not doing a good job at it. For what it's worth also, you are seeing royal like servants from the Queen's army have been here. And like I said, the outskirts have been attacked, but it's not like the city's been taken by any means and it seems to be well enough held over that like some orcs may have gotten in but people look scared with anxiety not scared with terror like it's not like there's actually orcs still running around you know what i mean so for what it's worth anton's definitely within his right for it but i don't want it to seem like the queen hasn't done anything she literally has her military like standing in here the fact she didn't tell you though i'm glad you picked up on that detail because I don't know, it's like not to be that person, but like when is Glory Wake gonna become the next like hall of silver and steel? You know, where it's just gonna be abandoned. <laughs> she's he's he's not liking this. She's a smooth manipulator. <laughs> he's seriously considering like he'll do this task. If his church agrees to it, he doesn't know if his like if the high priest will agree to a task like this. And if he thinks the high priest is going to disagree, he's not going to fight him on it. 
I mean, he is, he will do more for him than ever for the queen. Oh man, Anton's going to be so upset when he hears what happened to the high priest. <laughs> What's the party want to do now? <laughs> Anton, it might, it might not, the difference between Anton's opinion and the high priest's opinion might turn out to be 100% the same all the time. <laughs> so with that, uh, did you want to head over there? Yeah. <laughs> you sound so like fucking okay. <laughs> What's the matter, Ronnie? Are you afraid you're gonna find out something bad? Maybe Dan killed your uh maybe uh, killed your friend? Well he's upset. If like he knew this, it's like I mean he knows he can't prevent him from dying, but it's just kinda like he d- you didn't even walk just, in it. It's just such an odd thing. Anton leads the entire party over to the Church of Glory Wake, the Great Vigil, the Great Light. Um, not and, not so- to be that guy, though, but Norhill is actually going to go walk the outskirts and see if he can get a better idea of what actually happened sure. just by seeing the battlefield more closely. Sure, okay. Um, was anybody else going to go with you? I think he's going to stick next to Jarzak to make sure that Jarzak doesn't start trouble. Mm. Try and keep Jarzak as close to Anton as possible. Anton's just gonna stay. He'd rather uh. get this task taken care of and then get answers. Just the idea of having all that wealth behind him and basically being semi-threatened of like if anything happens to it, who knows? So he's just kind of like, I want to get this done. Okay. And so, are you gonna be the one who brings the gurney with the body on it? Yeah. Okay. And nobody else goes with you to the church? Yeah, I mean, Klika's going to be going with Anton and making sure Jarzak comes along unless he protests too much and then I, she'll follow Jarzak wherever he goes. Okay. Uh, and so as the uh, and Jarzak is going to the church? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm all for fully splitting up like one person on their own, but I mean... Norhill, do you want company? Jarzak leads a one-man assault against the city. There's still one orc who breathes in glory wake. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if, if oh, you... Uh, certainly. Feel, feel free to come along if you'd like. Okay, I just... Uh, yeah. I just thought I'd take a look. Yeah, I mean, if not, that's fine, but yeah. I just... Going alone doesn't seem like a great move. Norhill, make sure he doesn't get into any trouble. Click, click, come on. Try. Me, trouble. <laughs> so, with that, uh, uh, Norhill and Jarzak, when you guys leave the uh, city gates and do kind of a walk around the major part of the city and make your way over to the coastline where the uh, city's walls kind of come to an ending, uh, judging from what you guys can see, looking at footprints in the snow and like the kind of like, uh, because there's so much heavy snow, it's kind of hard to tell at this point. But using the best of your tactical abilities and understanding and Jarzak, what you've understood from having been on one side of this coin before, um, it seems pretty safe to say that they must have just landed on the coast far enough away and snuck in in the dead of night. And they must have just led an assault on smaller locations to try to draw soldiers out of the city. And once they're out of the city, they try to creep in as best as they could. But it was kind of a suicide mission for the orcs at large. So it didn't seem like this was much more than just kind of trying to tick off the people of Glory Wake and probably flex on them, showing them that there are many expendable orcs 
and this is just kind of like poking them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not not good. Is that sufficient for Norhill? Yeah, uh, I imagine that Norhill's pretty familiar with this kind of excursion. Yeah, just leave it to a dwarf and an orc to be outside looking at an orc attack on a, on a nice <laughs> settlement and just be like, yeah, this is kind of like your people to do that. And Jarzak's like, yeah, this is yeah. like people to die. This, this checks out. Perfectly textbook. You both are just like nodding your heads like, yep, this is exactly what happened. It's a little weird. But either way, so Anton and Klinka bring the gurney uh, covered with the sheet um, into the church. And with that, you guys, as you uh, make your way into here, you're greeted by a couple of church hands who recognize Anton right away and his lantern and immediately take like one knee and they say, praise be to the light bearer. And they say, what may we do for you here? He says, praise be. And he says, I must see the high priestess. We've been given a ta great task by the queen and we need to his guidance and assistance. They nod quickly and immediately dart off to go get the uh, high priest and bring him down to you guys. Um, and as, as they uh, come back with the high priest, he comes wandering down the stairs from the lighthouse that he usually hangs out in, as you've seen. And he approaches you with hands open to his sides in a very like gracious pose. And he says, and he says, ah, you have returned. He says, this is good news. I'm sure you bring much, much of the light to the world around me. She says, I mean, sorry, he says, um, he says, light bearer Anton, what can I do for you? priestess we've been asked by the queen priestess to... priest sorry um, <laughs> we've been asked by the queen to do a task i've never been involved with and i don't know of your experience but we are asked to bring a soul back from the dead so with that he has a weird look on his face as if like he was hoping he would never have to do this job but he gives a kind of a silent nod and he says so be it. He says, this is the kind of task that many priests dream of as if to prove their dedication to the light and prove their piousness. Or I guess piety would be the word there. Yeah, there you go. Piety. Piety? Um, piety? I don't know. I like to think it's piety. Uh, I, I mean, I, it, the, the regular word is pious, so it would be piety with a long eye. You know what? I'm glad I got the whole crew here. Do we want to have a vote on this real quick? No. <laughs> but with that, he says, my piety and piety, both. Yeah. But anyway, he says, I am more than willing to do this. But unfortunately, Anton, as he kind of puts one hand on your shoulder and looks to you like very peacefully in your eyes, as if like, you know, a very close teacher to a very close student, he says, there are great costs to such a spell. And unless you have such materials... I'm not sure that we would be able to pull this off. We have procured the materials, but I am more than willing to assist in the task itself. And so with that, he turns to you and he says, this sort of thing is very taxing on the living, and it will take many days to complete the task. He says, but if our queen wills it, then so be it. He says, it's not my duty to ask any further. He says, but... I think we owe it to her to do this job. And so with that, he gives kind of a gentle nod. And he says, I will prepare the healing chamber. He says, unfortunately, many of our priests have managed their way into there. The conflicts with the orcs of Gorgareth have been very, 
very strenuous on our people. And he says, Shereel himself is recovering from a very near mortal blow. And I'm afraid he is not quite in good standings after such a thing. He would be more than happy to see you. And I think it would probably do him great, you know, joy to see you as Lightbearer have returned from your quest. And he says, perhaps you should go meet with him while I have some of our assistants prepare the chamber. And so is Klika going to come as well? To go see Shereel? Yeah. Okay. And so with that, as you guys uh, are led down into one of the chambers below the church, um, you guys go down to one of these little dormitory rooms and are led in. And for what it is, uh, Shereel is sitting in a bed kind of propped up um, with a bunch of pillows and stuff. And you look over and you can see that his arm has been pretty much hafted and it looks like he lost everything from his elbow down. And he has been given as much healing as he can, you know, withstand with that. But he looks very pale and he doesn't look like he's doing very well. But seeing you guys enter the chamber, he lightens up quite a bit and he says, my eyes deceive me. Surely it cannot be the heroes of Coopersford. Anton and Klika, please come in. And he raises his arm that's been wounded and he kind of has a moment of like shuddering embarrassment or, or like pained expression on his own face. And he kind of like looks down for a quick moment and tries to capture the joy he felt a second ago as he provokes it again. He says, please, I wish to hear more of, of, of what has happened since we last met. Yeah, going will tell you some of the stories and she's is going to like get up into the bed with him to sort of <laughs> just climbs in the blankets next yeah. to him. <laughs> He's like, oh. now she's doing story time. <laughs> Very good. And so for what it's worth, he's all there. And if anything, from how you guys knew him in Coopersford as the invisible man to how you guys knew him when you first met him again at the church to now, these things all being about a month to a month and a half apart for each and every individual one of these meetings with him. It's been about three to four months since you've known this guy. And so seeing him at this point, he is basically a new person. He is pretty much still the same kind of charismatic guy as before, but he's so humbled by his position under the light that he seems just like a very joyous and warm individual. And after having spoken with you guys, it almost kind of reassures him as he had sort of an encounter where he may have lost some faith, having been so wounded in combat, you know what I mean? To go from being like a strange cultist to all of a sudden fighting for the light and being attacked by orcs of Gorgareth, being very near fatally wounded. You know what I mean? This is the kind of thing that might shake somebody's faith, right? But after having spoken with Anton and Klika and hearing the tales of what you guys have done, he seems to be very much so bolstered in his faith and with that, he offers you guys his gracious thanks for having come to visit him and to have thought of him after all this time. Not to dwell on dark things, but when did this attack happen? I, would, I haven't even heard of it until I entered town today. He says it must have been two weeks ago, the first, or at least the worst of them, but there are always attacks from the orcs in the night. 
out of character was did, did i know of this whenever i lived in glory week was that like a common thing no and again sending the uh the hydra out here was meant to kind of like hammerhead the the biggest wave that was supposed to be coming in and to try to maybe send a message to the orcs not to mess with them but the orcs are persistent so this is i don't want to say to be expected that they would continue but it seemed like if this message had gotten across properly then maybe this wouldn't happen but i don't know so with that um was there anything else you wanted to learn from shereel I guess as these attacks, <sighs> no, I think just comforting him. I can't think of more he can tell me at this time. Fair enough. And so with that, he's very grateful for you guys visiting him and telling him these stories. And after a while, the uh, high priest trail comes to you guys and tells Anton that they've gotten the healing chamber set up and they've brought the body and put it on the uh, pedestal. And with that, he leads you guys down to a chamber you've never seen before. And it's down in like the sub basement, but it's this like room of pure solitude that with um, the back wall of this place, they managed to pull apart what appear to be like stonework, like slabs that slide across on little mechanical girders. And you can see beyond that a window that seems to be facing out towards the, like towards the sea and the bright sunlight seems to filter into this room perfectly onto the head of the uh, of Antithea on the on the slab. And so with that, this room is very bare, but it's like very pure, tranquil, and silent. And he says, it will be nearly 10 days to two weeks that I'm going to be in this chamber as I contemplate and call to the light, hoping to find her soul somewhere out there. He says as he looks down at her as she lays there pale on the slab and he says there is something peculiar about this and I feel strange I don't know how to describe it but her soul feels intact in a way that seems forcibly done so. If you or I were to perish our souls would be floating and would be around but Hers feels like it has been forced back to that place as if it's willing itself to return. It seems that this soul has something, something of a desire to come back. So for whatever that's worth, this is going to be an arduous task. And I would ask that I'd be given my space as this is going to be a very complicated procedure. And in my old age, he says, Though he's half elven, he is still very ancient. He turns to you and he says, I'm afraid this may be the last of the magics I am able to cast in my lifetime. He says, for a spell like this is very strenuous and somebody who's been doing this as long as I have, I'm not sure I will be the same afterwards. And he says, but as you understand that great sacrifices are necessary to do the good and to provide the light to all. He says, if I am to complete this task, it will be a day of celebration and it will be a reminder that no matter what comes the way, the light will always be there. And for this reason, I ask that you forgive me if my flesh is too weak to bear this weight. But in the case that I am too weak, he says, you are one of the strongest in our order 
I want I would ask of you to help provide direction to this church if I am to pass. He says, oh, no. would you be willing to give up your questing duties if I pass? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just fucking yep. And so with that, he says, I know this is not an easy thing to, to say, and we still have much time for you to think about it, but there is much to do in this part of the world, and there are many things that require our attention. He says, for this reason, I would hope that you provide services to the town in one way or another and try to help the people. Think about it, please. And so with that, he kind of requests that you leave and he begins recitations with his little incense burning. He's a little panicked about this because <laughs> he can't tell him no. Very good. <laughs> and so with that, um, the party pretty much has two weeks to sit here and kind of hang out in the city. Um, did you guys want to just kind of hold off at an inn? Did you want to stay at the church? What would be your plan for that? No Hill would prefer to stay at an inn. <laughs> All those preachy church weirdos. <laughs> Anton becomes the high priest. And and they, just... they spend so much time talking about the light, but nobody has a thought for more. Damn. <laughs> Anton comes back with a giant funny hat and just like, well, guys, I got some news for you. I quit. Throws <laughs> a hat down on the floor. <laughs> very good okay uh who else would stay at the i imagine anton would probably stay at the church oh yeah he has to i feel like he feels in debt to already start trying to keep everything running and in motion while the high priest is doing his thing so like taking care helping with taking care of any injured um assisting with like rationing getting ideas of like how to rebuild certain areas just kind of keeping the yeah but with the uh with the people who still are in attendance at this place it seems like it's running already like a well-oiled machine as if like with such pressure put onto the people of the church there's no room for mistakes nobody's sitting around and you know playing checkers and doing nothing like everybody's got a job to do and they're doing it to the best of their ability and again having you there as a light bearer and like seeing you everybody kind of kneels when they see you and people are very much so like I mean, you bring light to darkened lands. Like, you're not just here healing people. Like, I mean, for what it's worth, I mean, Ronnie, Anton helped cleanse one of the darkest, like, reaches of the kingdom and got rid of... But he nearly, nearly died, so I don't know how much he actually did. Wait, what? He was just kind of there, I feel uh, like. I disagree. Ass <laughs> <laughs> he just, like, nearly died. Who shot lasers? Half of the was there. <laughs> but um okay and so uh jarzak sitting at an inn i imagine yeah as as good a, and funny as it would be for jarzak to <laughs> mess with the people of the light <laughs> yeah i'll stay at the inn. just run around uh, I, I feel like that's uh that's a good way to wind up with a good old heretic execution <laughs> Uh, just like orcs are attacking us, and this orc came in here. And now every all the lights went out, and <laughs> we can't see. It's like no, no, no. It's okay. He's not just an orc. He's an orc that works for the great deceiver himself. 
He is the bringer also, of darkness. Also, now we have this infestation of house centipedes, even though it's wintertime. <laughs> what, what's going on around here? Oh, yeah, all um, the grain has been spoiled. Rations. Yeah. He's just feeding them food rations in the corner. Like, hey, what are you doing? Like, nothing. Just swallows it. Um. <laughs> So, uh, and then is Kalika staying at the inn, or would Kalika stay at the uh, church? I think Kalika's probably going to stay at the church. Uh, just, like, hang out with Shereel and help out when she can. Learn some more of the prayers, or more than Anton had the time to teach her, and do some of that stuff, just to sort of fill the days. Help out while she, where she can with cooking and cleaning and all that stuff. Looking or anywhere where she's needed around town, helping out with that kind of stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay. Uh, and so with that in mind, uh, after about two or three days, and for what it's worth, you guys being here in wartime and being willing to work uh, to help protect the place, you guys are given pretty much free room and board in both of your places of stay. Um, but on, like I said, about the third day, you guys are greeted by um, what could be described, I guess, as like a head scout. He almost reminds you a little bit of the uh, the woodsman that you guys had known before. Um, but he approaches you guys and he says that uh, there is, or at least he approaches Norhill and Jarzak because he's not coming straight up to the church yet. But he tells you all that there has been... Um, sort of a need for some level of assistance in the south um, beyond Glory Wake uh, to the Southlands. Apparently, the scouting parties that have been sort of setting up sentry out there in the wood line, um, where they suspect orcs are going to start striking from next, apparently there is rumor that a bunch of strange beasts have been attacking and killing the scouts and the sentries, and nobody's coming back. The people who have made it out alive had said that they heard wolf howling and they heard strange beasts kind of, you know, I guess, I, I mean, howling, I guess, is the best word for it, but baying and howling as well as strange human-ish screams in the dark. Um, but these all seem to be coming from the woods to the south that, you know, Glory Wake borders on, which is the elven Thalvir Wood. So for what it's worth, they say that, you know, it would be of utmost assistance to the city for you guys to investigate this and try to help out as the next line of defense is probably going to be needed there more than anywhere. And that is where we're going to end it. Me, me, me. Hey everybody, it's the Young Grognard here. I want to say thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. If you have anything you'd like to tell me, any questions or concerns, shoot me a tweet over at YGrognard on Twitter, or send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. As always, keep it real, and more importantly, keep it dangerous. Thanks. <laughs>